often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 437. I am your host, Josh Albrecht. Sitting back inside the Slapbox bunker yet again. And I guess right out of the gate, right out of the gate, because I just uh, pulled up the uh, title of the last episode. I did, uh, was McClunky, McClunky, which I still need to cut that sound. I love that, McClunky. That's, uh... If you're unfamiliar and you didn't listen to that last episode, we, uh, we're talking about, uh, of course, Star Wars. That's a, a hot topic, especially with Mandalorian and all the new episodes, or new shows coming out. This Book of Boba Fett and, uh, and such. But, uh, McClunky, they added in, uh, in the new Disney cut of Star Wars A New Hope. That's episode four, the original, the OG Star Wars that came out in 1977. Uh, they added in the Han and Greedo scene uh, after <clears throat> Han shoots Greedo, or I guess right before Han shoots Greedo, uh, Greedo says, McClunky. <laughs> and we weren't 100% sure why they added it at the po- that point or during last week's uh, <clears throat> episode. But I did some research after the fact, after we did the episode. Now, apparently, I mean, it was George Lucas that wanted the McClunky. Uh, <laughs> the reason why that is in there is uh, <clears throat> whenever, right before uh, Lucas sold Star Wars off to Disney, they were in the process of redoing all of the films yet again for 3D and he actually inserted that like it was one of those things like in uh in 90 oh <laughs> uh, hopefully that's not covid having to clear the throat i don't think it is but uh, <laughs> uh yeah i don't know what what happened there anyway so they uh like in 97 they had done the THX re-release of all the original trilogy and they added scenes in before they did uh, the prequels. And while they did that, they had done the same thing after the prequels had came out and they were trying to recash in on Star Wars and uh, do them in 3D. And uh, I guess this was around the time, right after Avatar came out, so they put them in uh, the cool 3D, which I was excited to... Actually, I was excited to see them in 3D again, and all they ever released was uh, Phantom Menace. <laughs> but... Uh, he had planned the change, and he recorded the line or uh, McClunky, I guess, to add into. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> uh, I should probably look this up before speaking, but uh, yada yada. There's some. It's in another language. It, it means something. Like other than whatever language the Greedo's speaking, I'd forgotten. Uh, <clears throat> Damn it. But yeah, it was George Lucas that added the damn thing. And, uh... <laughs> oh, here we go. This is on Screen Rant. They're, t- they're going to tell me what McClunky means. It's uh, on uh, ScreenRant.com here. It says, Star Wars went through some changes again for its inclusion in Disney Plus's catalog. And among those changes in the Han Greedo scene in A New Hope. Uh, with Greedo now saying McClunky uh, right before he's shot seems Lucas will never be fully satisfied with how the Star Wars original trilogy looks as he has made a bunch of changes to it multiple times and not all of these have been well received by fans. I, I love throwing the clunky in there though. I think it feel like it's trolling everybody. It's, it's just kind of funny. It's just, you watch the scene, it's pretty funny to have that in there. But uh, anyway, with Disney now in control of all the content from Lucasfilm, it seemed like there would be no more changes to the original trilogy until Disney Plus arrived and proved that there are many things that can still be added, tweaked, and cut. Uh, the Han and Greedo, uh, Greedo scene is a frequent topic of discussion between fans. The answer to who shot first will depend on which version you watch. Who will now have something else to talk about at the Disney Plus version of Star Wars A New Hope added one final line for Greedo before he dies, which is McClunky. See, uh, 
Now, uh, his last word is now McClunky, which doesn't feature any subtitles and has, of course, caught fire online. Contrary to what some might believe, this word does have a meaning and in the context of the scene is an ironic one. Uh, As pointed out by Brian Young on Twitter, McClunky is a Houthis word that can be roughly translated as the will, this will be the end of you. Hence why it's funny ironic that it was Greedo's last word and directed to Han Solo. Young also adds the same word was spoken by Sebulba in Star Wars The Phantom Menace when young Anakin Skywalker stops him from beating Jar Jar Binks. It has already been confirmed that these changes to the film were supervised by George Lucas as part of the 4K restoration of the original trilogy, so this minor connection to the prequels isn't that surprising. It says here, yeah, Lucas began working on yet another remastering of Star Wars Saga in 2010 as part of a 3D edition that ended up not being released. Disney acquired Lucasfilm a few years later, and that's pretty much history. I don't need to read the rest of that. But yeah, McClunky. I didn't go back and watch Phantom Menace to to hear the Sebulba mentioning it. McClunky. Greedo sounds better to give him that line. I don't really care for Sebulba. You know, the only thing I really enjoy in Phantom Menace, so I mean, I love me some Obi-Wan. It's Qui-Gon, I'm cool with Qui-Gon, but the Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, that's it's, ah, it's just the greatest, like, lightsaber duel to be filmed. I mean, the, oh, I love Ray Park. He's some good, some good, uh, some good stuff there. He's got, he's got some skills. Just don't do it like Ray Park anymore. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's that's what McClunky is all about. As I uh, sit back on some Guinness after having some uh, sushi, uh, which took a while. This is a newer sushi place in uh, Washimo. Uh, <clears throat> let's see if I can pull up the name of it. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, here we go. Hoshi Japanese Cuisine. Uh, yeah, it's located up on uh, Jefferson. If you're familiar with the Washington, of course, it would be where Taco Licious used to be. Then there was like a barbecue place there, but now it's a uh, Japanese cuisine. And uh, they ran out of rice for the sushi tonight, and it took quite a while. And from what I understand, they got a lot of new people, and they were fucking busy. <laughs> and uh, Good stuff, though, man. I had the Harrison roll and the shrimp tempura. I got to say, the Harrison roll is fucking amazing. Good stuff. But uh, still, t- the Guinness, I was afraid, wasn't going to go well with the sushi. However, not bad. Not a bad pairing. Irish and Japanese going hand in hand. Hand in hand. I don't know that there's any history between the Irish and the Japanese. Maybe they have some kind of trading thing. Maybe I'll look that up. Japanese. Let's just see what Google replies with. Of course, it's people. It's showing Irish-Japanese mixed people. And uh, I can't really tell. The It mainly just looks like Irish people. I mean, and the one looks like, I guess it could be kind of a mix. This one just looks like Japanese woman. She. I can't tell that there's an Irish mix. Oh, British, I, yeah, it just shows people. I want to know more than just, like, people. Let's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, how many Irish people are in Japan? That's That can't be a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. This is according to Wikipedia. Uh, I don't know what year this would be. Uh, back in... Uh, this is the, from a long time ago. This is from like 2010, I guess they're saying. The community of Irish people in Japan is estimated to constitute 1,000 to 2,000 people. Yeah, I don't think there'd be a whole lot in there. Not a whole lot of Irish. They're all over, though. There's more Irish in the America than there is in Ireland. Oh, here we go. Ireland-Japan Association. Let's put... Uh, maybe they could take uh, a sushi roll. And then just wrap it in clovers, like some shamrocks, you know? It probably tastes fucking horrible. <laughs> you never know. I've never tried to eat <laughs> eat clovers. It doesn't sound like a great idea, but I mean, seaweed is in sushi. I like the seaweed in there. So maybe, maybe clovers? 
be good. Or just take a sushi roll and then just pour Guinness all over it. I think that's the way to go. I, I was looking at that all wrong. You just douse it in Guinness. That's your sauce. Maybe a little wasabi on it. We're good to go. The Guinness roll. Uh, you know what? Fuck all. Look, I got to look this up. I bet there's a Guinness sushi roll. Uh, uh, oh, no. See, here's the problem. You type in Guinness and sushi. Uh, and it, cause the Guinness book of world records is owned by the Guinness company. So of course what pops up to me is, uh, records on sushi rolls. I don't care about that. I want to know, is there a sushi roll covered in Guinness? Maybe if I put up sushi flavored or Guinness flavored sushi. <laughs> Here we go. This is, uh, <laughs> How does, ooh, they do suggest, this is uh, Alagash Brewing Company? Yeah, I'm over 21. I'll click yes. This is uh, How to Pair Sushi and Beer. Article on that, which I never really thought of, but, you know, uh, I've never tried the uh, sake. But, uh, you know, know, sake's a traditional thing to drink with sushi. Uh, Here it says, uh, Alagash.com. This is uh, sushi is a delicate food. Its portions, ingredients, and even the culture surrounding it are all celebrate the power of simplicity. Because of that simplicity, every ingredient grows in importance. Overall, we recommend a beer that develops slowly across the palate, which Giannis would be, uh, and won't overwhelm the sushi or your taste buds. That could be a problem. <laughs> Guinness is very full flavored. Uh, the sublime combination of rice, fish, soy sauce, and often nori. Uh, this toasted seaweed is what we're trying to match our beer to. The beauty of clean, crisp beer. In Japan, the ubiquity of bright, refreshing lager is not accidental. Asashi, uh, super dry, Kirin Ichiban, uh, Sapporo premium beer. Uh, I'm sure I probably mispronounced that, but uh, all of these share a similar, uh, similar light and dry flavor profile that pairs perfectly with sushi. Are also perfectly suited to the flavors you'll find in sushi staples like toro, salmon, or eel. That's not to say American beer isn't up to the same task in many American pilsners or blonde ales. Uh, you'll find a similar profile, dry, balanced, light, and with a refreshing carbonation that basically all beer is famous for. Uh, the yeast and malt flavor or malt-derived flavors in pilsners and blonde ales beautifully complement the intense flavors of umami that are uh, formed by the soy sauce, fish, and vinegar, and did rice. Yeah, yeah. I just just get to the uh, <laughs> pairings here. Okay, suggested pairings. If you prefer to be traditional, go for Japanese lager. A great one is Orion Draft Lager from Okinawa, Japan. Or you can branch out and enjoy your sushi with a Pilsner Blonde Ale, something that is light, dry, golden, and balanced. Like uh, Alagash True Penny Pilsner. Oh, they're just going to promote all their brands. I see how it is. <laughs> let's see uh let me just see oh here we go this one says Guinness Stout which man they were talking about go with low Guinness Stout is fucking serious man don't fuck around with that stout uh I prefer regular draft man or uh the regular stuff or no the extra stout no I'm sorry I'm drinking Guinness Stout I'm thinking the extra stout the extra stout is fucking serious yeah, I'm crazy. All right, so double down on umami, umami, or however you pronounce that. This is absolutely not the typical suggestion you'll find for sushi pairing, but it's one that's worth experiencing. Umami is the well-documented fifth flavor beyond sweetness, sourness, bitterness, and saltiness found in dishes like roasted tomatoes, soy sauce, and cured meats. Also rich in flavor is roasted malt, which is found in darker beers like stouts, porters, dunkles, Oh, love me some dunkles and black ales. With roasted malt comes a more intense flavor, so as we said before, you have to really be careful in your pairing choice. Look for a stout that has a lower ABV uh, around, I'll call content around uh, 7% at the highest. And body that's light in mouth feel, the roast of the beer serves to underscore that deep, rich umami flavor and creates a memorable experience. 
So they suggest pairing it with lighter, lowish uh, ABV stout or uh, dark beer. That would be their brand, Allagash North Sky, or, of course, Guinness Stout. They're uh, based out of Portland, so I don't think I'll be getting the, their beer. I've never, I don't think you can get it around here. <laughs> so I, I imagine I'll be passing on that. But, man, it, it didn't turn out bad, like the Guinness with the sushi. I, I, I support that. Guinness, Guinness Stout with the... Uh, oh, to Guinness, you know, you put it with a, with a California roll. Or in my case, you got the shrimp temp- tempura. And, uh, for some reason, I went German at the end there. <laughs> the dunkel got me. That turned me German. Anyway, you get, get it with the Arkansas... Or no, uh, no, I didn't get the Arkansas roll. It was a uh, shit. Harrison roll. Hot a Harrison roll. You top it with a Guinness. You pour the Guinness all over it. Trink it with a Guinness. Eat. Eat. A lot of sushi covered in Guinness, and you'll live a long, long time, long time. Uh yeah. So, there's there's that. Guinness is also good in stew, man. I've had some good stews from uh, some places that aren't around anymore. I know O'Leary's up on Lindbergh, no longer around. John Goodman's bar. It's sad, sad, sad. I used to go there on my birthday every year. Had some good food. They used to have. Uh, Corned beef and cabbage, it was a practice, what'd they call it, it was something like a practice Patrick's Day or something, like St. Practice Day or something like that, they called it, it was like every month on the 17th, except for March, which was actual St. Patrick's Day, of course, they would, uh, <laughs> they would have corned beef and cabbage on that day, regardless of what month, it was just always on the 17th, it was like St. Practice Day or something like that. I was like, that's fucking awesome. I could go in there, which I never, <laughs> I never took him up on any other day other than St. Pat's. Because I always, like, I guess maybe I felt it wouldn't be as special if I went there and it wasn't St. Pat's. To enjoy a bit of the corned beef and cabbage, you know. Uh, one thing uh, I was going to, I've been wanting to talk about this all week. Oh, shit, did I close the, I think I closed the page. Damn it. Okay, I'm going to have to pull that back up. Uh, the history folder. Where? What I was going to say is there is... Here it is. Here it is. Reopen the page. In the... This is off uh, com. I'm not sure where they're... Lansing, Michigan. I feel like I could have found a... <laughs> like AP file on this or something. I read this originally on the Associated Press. But, uh, let's see, uh, with this new, uh, COVID relief bill, the $2.3 trillion COVID-19 bill, there's an extra little thing passed in here. Fuck it. I'll just, I guess I'll just read this article here. Uh, a lot is happening fast in the federal government. Leaders in the United States had to come to agreement on how to distribute vaccines, how to get the American people through the remaining months of the pandemic and still attend to the normal business of creating the legislation that keeps the country funded. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of important stuff to get in there. And uh, I'm just excited that they were to squeeze this in there. But it says that business was handled Sunday when President Trump signed the $2.3 trillion COVID-19 relief and federal funding bill. But there was one odd item included as a committee comment attached to the Annual Intelligence Authorization Act, which was rolled into the 5,593-page bill. By order of the Senate, the bill includes language that directs the Director of National Intelligence to submit a report within 180 days of the date of enactment of the act uh, to the Congressional Intelligence and Armed Services Committees on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. <laughs> uh, in plain words, the Pentagon has 180 days to turn over all information it has on UFOs. It's hard to imagine many other times in American history where that fact could be overshadowed by bigger news. Uh, however, between the debate over how much money should go to households, the various looming deadlines and agreement, and the ongoing contest of election results, there hasn't been much bandwidth for this item. Estimation 
estimating what information from that report, if any, will make its way to the American people is a challenge. In part, that's because there is little else to compare this order to in terms of precedent. Still beyond everything we already know to expect and everything else that will crop up between now and 180 days from now, there's one more piece of news that will make the start of 2021 interesting. We got 180 days, though. It's going to be a little while. But, you know, maybe they'll put out some stuff beforehand. This is, uh, this is I mean, this is exciting. This is it. <laughs> uh, I, I find that particularly funny that they would just toss that in the COVID relief bill. It's like, uh, are they trying to, like, <laughs> get our attention elsewhere? Yeah, check it out. We'll tell you more about UFOs. Or was there just, like, one specific, like, congressman that's, like, his whole goal for becoming like a congressman in general was like, you know what? I don't see a woman doing this, but like I can see a guy that's like, fuck it. I'm getting to the bottom of this UFO shit. I'll convince enough people to elect me and then I'll get in there and I will, I will fucking, I'll get that information out there. (laughs) And then I wanted to wear my tinfoil hat anymore. Uh, it's interesting though. It's interesting. I mean, it was what only a year ago or so. I think it was this year. Maybe it was before then when uh, the Air Force or whoever like released some footage of some uh, UFOs. I'm pretty sure I haven't been abducted by aliens, but maybe maybe that's why I started having health issues like a little over a year ago. It was like they abducted me and put a little something in me. It wasn't a kidney stone. <laughs> the doctor was right. They shoved some shit right through there, pumped me full. <laughs> uh, let's see. oh here's uh here's some other news with it. FF. FAA notified after, well, this is UFO related, not in the same vein, but uh, this is ooh, hawaiinewsnow.com. Uh, FFA, uh, FAA, <laughs> the Guinness is uh, being a little too kind to me, I think. Uh, notified after large blue UFO seen above Oahu appeared to drop into ocean. Let's pull some sound up on that. What do we got here? This is, uh, if it'll, oh, really? fucking ad see i i have youtube premium and this isn't a youtube video so i'm like not used to watching ads when i click on videos anymore i just find it really annoying Something is in the sky. Oh, here we go what is it's that? really shitty footage and it's not just fireworks lighting up the sky in west oahu it... perplexed residents on the leeward coast are searching for answers after a lit-up, unidentified flying object reportedly plunged into the ocean near Ulehava Beach Park. Though there are multiple videos of what appears to be a glowing oblong mass, both in the sky and in the water, Honolulu police notified aviation officials about the bizarre sighting. But as our Allison Blair reports, it remains a mystery. Officials from the Federal Aviation Administration say there were no aircraft incidents or accidents in this area Tuesday night, but multiple witnesses report seeing a large blue object fall out of the sky and into the ocean. Something is in the sky. What is that? This video was taken by Misitina Sape at 826 Tuesday night near Haleakala Avenue in Nanakuli. Love the names. Not long after, a woman named Mariah spotted the same thing passing over Princess Kahanu Estates. I don't know what it looked like. And then I was like, oh, started calling my husband then because it was all in the garage. I was like, hey, look up there. Let's see what I see. They all said, yeah. The 38-year-old says she's never really been a believer in UFOs, but the bright blue object had them so intrigued, they jumped in the car and started following it. I don't know what it was. This one was going so fast. The journey ended less than three miles from where it began, on Farrington Highway in front of the Board of Water Supply building, after the object appeared to drop into the ocean. Good video that. Come on. Oh, in the water, whatever it is. She described it as being larger than a telephone pole and says she never heard it make any sound. We called 911 for have like one cop or somebody for come out and um come check them out. While officers were on scene, she says they spotted a second light. My husband would look up and he seen the white one coming. The white one was smaller, was coming in the same direction as the blue one. They lost sight of the object after it passed over a nearby mountain. This morning, we asked Honolulu police if investigators figured out what fell in the water. 
A spokesperson told us they didn't have any information. Meanwhile, officials from the FAA said they received a report from police Tuesday night about a possible plane down in the area, but had no aircraft disappear off mm. radars and no reports of overdue or missing aircraft. Although Mariah's had a couple days well, to think about it, she, said she says she's still baffled by what she saw. To this day, I don't know. If you guys can find out what it was, I'll let know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Allison Blair, Hawaii News oh. I mean, there was some interesting footage. There wasn't much to see there. It was just a big, big long blue light, bluish purple. There's a... Uh... I wonder if Jose Canseco's been... Uh... <laughs> oh, shit. There's a freaky picture of the Nashville guy, the Nashville bomber. The, uh, I don't know if... Uh... Yeah, I don't think I talked about this at all in the podcast. I guess it's been... No, it was Christmas Day. It was Christmas Day when this... I was trying to remember when this happened. So, yeah, I guess... Uh, well, yeah. We did a podcast since then. Anyway, there's... Uh, <clears throat> uh, The Nashville bomber guy. He... Uh, oh! That's why it showed up here. He believed in aliens. Was... Does this... Is this related to... I know that uh, from what I had uh, read recently, this is a, oh shit, this is the mirror. I, <laughs> this isn't a reputable uh, uh, fucking news site, damn it. This is one of those like Esquire, or uh, Esquire, uh, fucking National Enquirer kind of shit. Uh, damn it. Um, now I'm really wondering if he did believe, uh, believe in UFOs. <laughs> Okay, he does have some, uh, uh, okay, this, well, what's more reliable? (laughs) NBC News. Okay, this is NBC News. I might feel more confident (laughs) on them telling the truth about this. Uh, see, from what I understand, like, I mean, it didn't sound like he was really expressly trying to hurt a lot of people. Like he, uh, from what if I remember from what I read, though I don't know if, if this is accurate, but he had, uh, I guess, recently he at least told people that he thought he had cancer, but I believe that he was thought he was dying anyway. So he figured, I guess, figured he'd go out with a bang. Uh, and it was odd, like he uh, had a recorded message of telling, warning people that there was a bomb to get away, and then it cuts to Petula Car. Uh, Petula Clark's, uh, Petula. Anyway, uh, the song Downtown. It cuts to the song Downtown after the warning of, so Downtown. You know what? I should pull that song up. Uh, we're not making money off this podcast, so I can do that. At least a little bit. (laughs) Petula Clark. I can't, you know, bend my tongue right for some reason (laughs) tonight. Uh, Downtown. Downtown. Oh, I don't want the Macklemore. Here, Petula Clark. Here we go. This is a... Uh, pull it up. Shit. it up a little loud. <laughs> like, there, what, get away, there's a bomb. And then... Pretty bright and cheery song to be your... Fuck it, I'm blowing myself up song. Kind of funny. And then I imagine the bomb just going off. Just boom. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the guy had a bit of a sense of humor, but I didn't see anything about him. Uh, Believing in UFOs and lizard people. I guess he was the InfoWars guy. Uh, let's see here. This is of NBCnews.com. Uh, investigators exploring several conspiracy theories as potential motives behind Christmas Day bombing. inside an AT&T building in Nashville, which I immediately thought since he did AT&T, this guy was a hardcore believer in the 5G thing, that he was trying to prevent COVID from killing everybody. That's, I initially thought that, but I hadn't seen any reports yet. Here we go. 
Maybe maybe we've got something. Maybe not. Uh, so they're uh, including evidence that the bomber believed in lizard people and a so-called uh, reptilian conspiracy. Two senior law enforcement officials said Wednesday investigators are expected to conclude their crime scene work this week. Oh, come on. But it could take several more weeks until they determine the motive of the bomber, Anthony Quinn Warner, who died in the blast. Since Saturday, authorities have been examining Warner's digital devices, which an official said includes a significant trove of pictures, videos, and writings, looking for any clues to what drove the man to set off a powerful bomb inside his recreational vehicle, uh, which took down communication networks and injured several people in downtown Nashville. Specifically, investigators are looking into the suspect's previous trips to an undisclosed location in Tennessee where he would camp out in his uh, RV and, according to suspects' uh, statements to others, hunt possible aliens, the official said. Uh, In addition, investigators uh, are aware of statements the suspect made about an Internet conspiracy that powerful politicians and Hollywood figures are actually lizards or other reptiles who have extraterrestrial origins. And are taking over society, the official said. Yeah, this guy's a big InfoWars dude. Uh, Adherents of the unfounded conspiracy theory believes that politicians and other prominent people, including the Clintons and the comedian Bob Hope, I didn't know Bob Hope was involved in that, who died in 2003, are actually lizard-like creatures sent to Earth and are responsible for a number of historic tragedies. Justin Bieber (laughs) and the Obamas have also been named in the conspiracy theory. I love how they throw Bieber in there. Bieber and Bob Hope. Man, I'm getting some digital clipping going on. I need to uh, turn down the gain a little bit. Anyway, uh, federal investigators have also asked associates and acquaintances of Warner whether he believed in equally unfounded conspiracy theories about AT&T and 5G mobile service, whether that was a motive for choosing the AT&T building as the site of the bombing. I think it's got to be, right? Uh a senior law enforcement official said investigators have cast a wide net that includes family, friends, neighbors, acquaintances, and businesses where he may have bought bomb-making supplies. Metropolitan Nashville Police Chief John Drake acknowledged the department had no officers on the Nashville Joint Terrorism Task Force, a group of federal, state, and local enforcement agencies whose primary mission is to investigate potential terrorist threats. Drake said he would rectify the issue and assign an officer to task force, which would allow the pardon. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, yeah, more than a year ago, his uh, girlfriend warned the police he was building bombs in the RV at his home, but then uh, they didn't, <clears throat> he didn't let him in and such. That uh, that was uh, an attorney for his girlfriend told police that uh, Warner frequently talks about the military and bomb making. Uh, but, but just tell me about the aliens. Come on, where's the <laughs> Get more into the alien shit. Uh, yeah, this is a big, long article, but I don't see much more about the alien stuff. This is the stuff that, uh, uh, do, do, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not really seeing any more on the, the, the good stuff, the fun stuff. The lizard people. Give me more about, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm seeing some that just do suggest that News Channel 5, they've got one from six hours ago. Maybe they've got more information. This is out of Nashville. Hey, this is out of Nashville. Here we go. Let's see. Uh, huh. Ooh, here we go. A man who knew Christmas bomber Anthony Warner got a disturbing surprise in his mailbox on New Year's Day when he received a package from the bomber. The nondescript package was postmarked December 23rd, two days before investigators say Warner killed himself in the bombing. Sources tell News Channel 5 investigates that Warner mailed similar packages to other individuals. package, which contained at least nine type pages and two Samsung thumb drives, was immediately turned over to the FBI. Oh, come on, tell me what's in there. The envelope does not have a return address, but the rambling pages inside left no doubt it was from Warner. Hey, dude. <laughs> The cover letter starts, You will never believe what I found in the park. The knowledge I have gained is immeasurable. I now understand everything. I mean everything from who, what we really are to what the known universe really is. Wow, I need to get an RV. Uh, The cover letter was signed by Julio, a name Warner's friends say he often used when sending them emails. 
A source tells New Channel 5 investigates that Warner also had a dog named Julio. (laughs) The dog wrote the letter. Uh, The letter urged the friend to watch some internet videos he included on two Samsung thumb drives. Another page Warner wrote about 9-11 conspiracy theories ending with the statement, The moon landing and 9-11 have so many anomalies, they are hard to count. Warner later wrote that September 2011 was supposed to be the end game for the planet, because that is when he believed that aliens and UFOs began launching attacks on Earth. I think he's wrong there. I don't recall that being a thing. I don't know. I don't have anybody else to like verify that with me, but I'm pretty sure I don't remember UFOs attacking us a bunch in 2011. Uh, he wrote that the media was covering up those attacks. I mean, it wasn't like nine years ago now. Well, ten years ago. So, shit, you know. I might have forgotten that. <laughs> but Warner's writings grow even more bizarre when he wrote about reptilians and lizard people that he believed controlled the Earth and had tweaked human DNA. They put a switch into the human brain so they could walk among us in a pure human, Warner wrote. Uh, While Warner's writings, and by the way, that is so, like, that whole conspiracy bullshit is right out of the movie V. They just took the plot to V. Just go, if you, (laughs) I I didn't realize that was a documentary. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, while Warner's writings cover a variety of bizarre theories, and to be clear, that's not V for Vendetta. I'm talking V. There was a miniseries and like a t- made-for-TV movie, which was great. It had uh, Robert England in it. Uh, anyway, uh, while uh, Warner's writings cover a variety of bizarre theories, he never mentions AT&T or anything else that appears to suggest a motive in the Nashville bombing. Warner did write extensively about perception, adding that everything is an illusion and there is no such thing as death. While News Channel 5 believes summarizing uh, Warner's letters will provide a better understanding to a state of mind, WTVF has made the decision not to publish them in their entirety. Damn it. <laughs> We're attempting to balance shedding light on his mindset prior to the bombing with not giving him unnecessary notoriety. We reached out to the FBI about those letters, or these letters. Uh, Special Agent Jason Pack sent News Channel 5 this statement. We are aware of the suspect sent materials, which espoused his viewpoints to several acquaintances throughout the country. We're asking those who receive these to contact the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. I think they'd have a better number than that. <laughs> Call FBI. Uh, but I guess that's easy to remember. 800-CALL-FBI. Uh, so, well, I mean, maybe we'll get to see... Hopefully we get to see the, just the rambling... Uh, lunacies of this guy. I, I want to know more of why he picked downtown. <laughs> was that, did he get abducted by an alien and they were playing downtown and he just wanted to, maybe that's their, if you play downtown loud enough, then the aliens will come pick you up. Maybe he's like a big uh, Evans Gate type guy. That could be. Let's see what, <laughs> I'm almost afraid. I should probably not <laughs> probably not pick up like find out what InfoWars has to say it <laughs> uh, the only InfoWars thing I'm seeing is uh, <laughs> talking about the day it, like when it happened so they don't have uh, mm. yeah so I'm not seeing anything recent what the hell was his name I forgot his name uh, maybe I just Type his name instead of Nashville Bomber. I guess there's probably been more than one Nashville Bomber. That's why that it's being all screwy. Something weird's going on with my soundboard too, unfortunately. Uh, do do do. Anthony Warner. That's right. We'll cut and paste that before I forget again. My brain is not working properly. Let's see. Info Wars. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, there's conspiracy theorists erasing the defendant, of course. Uh, wow, why why is there only a few few articles really popping up about that? You'd think there'd be more. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so maybe he maybe you know maybe he's right. Like like uh, you know the, the Heaven's Gate people, they're right. No, I I doubt it. 
I feel like you just watched V too many times. Like, seriously. That whole plot with the reptilian people. I enjoyed watching the series and that. I haven't watched it in probably like 20 plus years, so maybe I wouldn't enjoy it as much now. But I definitely loved it when I was a kid. I mean, it probably looks really shitty now. Now I'm going to have to look it up. Fuck. Just type in V. Oh, yeah. There we go. There's a... Uh, oh, just looking at pictures of it. Is, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't really want to pull the sound here. Uh, okay, yeah, I don't want to hear the sound. I just want to get some vi- visuals. I just want to... Let's see here. Oh. Oh, man, yeah, there's this, uh, the, I guess she was the leader of the alien people. Uh, <laughs> they would eat, like, mice and shit, or, like, that's a, that's like a fucking rat or a goddamn guinea pig or something she's put in her mouth. <laughs> but, uh, I think that's some of the first thing that people, like, find out about the aliens, because they come to Earth, and, uh, they look like us. They look, they look just like us. And it turns out they're lizard people that put on, like, human flesh, basically. And uh, they disguise themselves as, as normal human people. And, uh, but, they, but they eat like reptiles. So they're eating like uh, <laughs> rats and what have you. And uh, we- weird shit. And <laughs> there's this great screenshot here of this girl. That I, this woman, I think she was like the leader of the aliens. And uh, she's got her mouth. There was like good aliens in it too. And Robert England was actually a good alien, if I remember correctly. And I think maybe I have too much compression on. Maybe that's my problem here. I'll drop that a little bit. Maybe I'll, it won't sound so gargled. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, she's got uh, this fucking rat, like her mouth open. It's clearly a prosthetic head that's got this jaw open where this mouth mouse is going by. It's this classic, classic 80s look to it. Unfortunately, it's just a still image. I want to see the actual scene. Uh, I, I love that movie. Or series that's good stuff classic stuff oh the cheesiness of just the hairstyles and everything that's so 80s this looks all glamour shots like this and then the the laser guns look fantastic I mean, there star wars is around the same time and it looked a lot better they, did, <laughs> they didn't have quite as good a production value as the uh, lucasfilm people But man, if uh, you like 80s cheese, V was classic. I might have to watch this video and get more info about it. There's a... I forgot. uh, Shit. Yeah, I don't remember. Like the main protagonist here, this guy, like the hero. I can't remember what his name is. He was like uh, Mark Singer, I think is his name. If I remember correctly. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Oh, here comes Robert England. See Robert England. He was the sweet, uh, the good guy alien. And then there's just pictures here of him as a fucking Freddy Krueger. Oh, and the guy from Total Recall. What a cast! Some good, good cast. They could have done a better job on those fucking laser guns, man. They look like shitty ass laser tag guns that they would have, and. uh <laughs> In the 80s. Classic, old school, like, laser tag. I love that shit. Uh, I don't, I used to like playing laser tag. I think it was at Crestwood Mall. When we go play that. It's not as exciting as, say, paintball, but a lot easier to get involved than, I guess, laser tag. <laughs> you get the mist going on, you know, the fucking neon lights. Or the uh, black lights and crazy shit. <laughs> Oh, the action figures look fantastic. These lizards. Ooh, you could even take the human skin off. You could do a face-off with these aliens. I wonder if that's where they got the idea for the original face-off. I think it was John Woo that did face-off. Could be wrong. Oh, Carl Sagan. Just a picture randomly thrown in there of Carl Sagan. Maybe he Maybe he created V. <laughs> oh, the movie poster... I guess that's the movie. I don't know if that's the miniseries, movie, whatever. But it's got the female leader, like a drawn picture of her, where she's like 
uh, in the letter V with a spaceship in front of it, the saucer. And then her eye, her one eye's got the lizard eye, and her one eye's like the human eye. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> pretty sweet. I didn't realize, though, that it was a true documentary. I uh, guess I should uh, <laughs> should have taken that as a fact, <laughs> not not fiction. As uh, what else? Oh, shit, what else? Uh, there was another. Oh, the, they. I think it's they. There's a very similar kind of concept to the movie They with uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, which <laughs> love the Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Uh. <clears throat> yeah, I probably shouldn't have just typed they. <laughs> there we go. Movie. Put movie with it. 2002. Or maybe it's them. Is it them? That's got to be them, I guess. Or they live. That's what it is. They live. I forgot. They live. There we go. That's it. That's the fucking movie. 1988. It's a classic fucking movie. Uh, Porta said it really was like big fans, but they use a lot of artwork from like their uh, pages for, with the obey with the alien or whatever. Let's read out the Wikipedia on this fucker. <clears throat> no, they live. It was uh, a ni- John Carpenter movie. Nice. As a, they live is a 1988 American science fiction action horror film written and directed by John Carpenter based on a 1963 short story, eight o'clock in the morning by Ray Nelson, starring Rowdy Piper, uh, Keith David, and Meg Foster. The film follows an unnamed drifter, played by Rowdy Piper, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, uh, who discovers through special sunglasses that the ruling class are aliens concealing their appearance and manipulating people to consume, breed, and conform to the status quo via subliminal messages and mass media. The film was a minor success at the time of its release, debuting number one in the American uh, box office. It originally received negative reviews, criticizing its social commentary, writing, and acting. However, like other films of Carpenter, it later enjoyed a cult following and eventually became recognized as a largely underrated work. film has also entered popular culture and notably had a lasting impact on street art, particularly that of Shepard Fairey. He's the one behind the, uh, well, he would do uh Andre the Giant like was his first thing it would say obey on it and then uh, he uh did the Obama change hope posters uh, yeah whatever he did his original presidential campaign posters but uh, while it's nearly 6 minute alley brawl between the protagonist makes appearances on all time list for best fight scenes uh i th- i believe he uh, had the line in there something about uh i came here to chew gum Chew bubble gum and kick ass and a whole lot of bubble gum, something like that. <laughs> uh, it's a classic movie. That is, uh, but it's right in line with these, you know, the lizard people carrying. It's very. I think maybe this is just a conspiracy through the beginning of time. People probably thought this weird shit as soon as they started seeing, thinking of aliens and shit and lizards. It's a classic conspiracy trope, I guess. Uh. <laughs> wonder if I put in they live info wars <laughs> did they ever talk about <laughs> oh hmm now, now when I si- typed that it came up with the article I work for Alex Jones I regret it <laughs> ha. Yeah. I, I remember reading that article like uh Talks about Alex Jones forcing him to like just make up shit and stuff. You just don't sound like a good person to work for anyway. Even if you don't, you know, you you can be fine with completely fabricating stories and such. But you just from reading the stuff, he just sounds like a total asshole. <laughs> I'm just saying, seems like I, you know, I would don't want Alex Jones coming after me. I doubt he, pre- you know, maybe he listens to this podcast. Maybe he could, conspir- he thought about, maybe, has he ever talked about mind talk Nazi do? <laughs> or the alien and Frank conspiracy? Perhaps. We've talked about him a lot on this show. Uh, I've never questioned Alexa myself to see if she works for the CIA like uh, Alex Jones did, but I feel like he, he got the inf- answers that I would probably also get. But it's been a while. Maybe if I ask Siri. Siri, he didn't ask Siri. As far as I know, he asked Alexa. 
Maybe I should ask Siri. I haven't. I never ask Siri anything. Siri, do you work for the CIA? Oh, you're not gonna. That's just a. Well, hold on. Siri, do you work for the CIA? No. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> so we got that answer. We got just a a no. It's got a very nice voice. I haven't uh, I haven't used Siri since like my first iPhone, I think, or whenever Siri first became a thing. I don't know. Was it already out on the 3GS? I feel like it was. Maybe it wasn't. Mm. Mini Cooper's still going good though. As uh, other things that are going on, uh, I, it's fun to drive. I am a lot better about not killing it and such. I think I've got down driving a. Uh, <clears throat> A uh, you know manual transmission seems to work out pretty good. Is uh, I just looked on the minimania. dot com page. There's uh, different things, parts I can get. They're kind of expensive though. Like I was gonna look into to get uh, rear view mirror caps on the exterior mirrors, Mir- mirrors, mirrors. <laughs> but they're kind of pricey. It's like two hundred bucks to get the caps. At least there's both of them. But I was thinking about getting the uh, checkered. I was going to go the black and gray checkered. So I think that looks better than just the black and white. Just look, The black and white just looks like too plasticky. But uh, it's not like putting a decal on it either. You're, it's really just replacing the whole cap. Uh, <clears throat> why? Some of them are more expensive. They also have like a plaid you can go with. I don't know that I want the plaid. It's Speedwell blue. It's mainly like a dark blue with some light blue and some white thrown in there for the plaid. Then uh, <clears throat> I don't want the Union Jack. I'm not going. I'm not putting a British flag on my car. <laughs> I realize it's a British car and all. I don't feel like I need the British flag on there though. I feel weird. <laughs> feel weird doing that. I'd feel all right if it was the. Uh, the Republic of Ireland, although again that seems kind of weird because <laughs> it would be putting it on a British car. But if I was going to put any other flag than an American flag, I'd I'd want to go the tricolor Republic of Ireland. I believe of the other nationalities in my lineage, Ireland is probably the most. It's toss up really between that and German. I'm really not a hundred percent sure on what percentage of everything I've got, but I think Ireland's probably. Probably number one out of all of them. Though my last name is German, so if if I would go with the flag and go tricolor, but I'm not looking forward to. I do have to take the car in already. I believe I may have mentioned this last week. I do have a check engine light on the fucker already, but I did scan it. Um, I got a, uh, I think it's called a BM500 scanner. Let's see here. It's a yeah BM five hundred multi system scanner. It's basically an OBD two scanner where you can check stuff like uh, check engine lights, that sort of things, and it can give you all kinds of different uh, warnings and everything. I've got several uh, warnings that popped up when I hooked that bastard up, but I think some some of them too could be old warnings. They just haven't been reset. None of them seem like too much to worry about. <laughs> Although the one I think uh, there is, basically, I did hook up an OBD2 scanner, a cheaper one, and it came up with a small EVAP leak, which I did have that as one of the things when I hooked up the other scanner, um, which this scanner is uh, specifically made for BMWs, Minis, and uh, Rolls-Royce, which I don't know who owns Rolls-Royce, but that's odd. That Rolls-Royce thrown in there. I guess maybe they're owned by BMW. I'm not sure. Um <clears throat> Now I gotta know. Fuck. <laughs> but, uh. Do they? <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. There's also the warning. Oh, BMW does own Rolls Royce. Okay, that makes sense then. But, uh. Hmm. Or do they own it? Yeah. Yeah, they were licensed in 98, uh, 98 after BMW was licensed. The rights to Rolls-Royce brand name and logo acquired the rights to this. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, BMW's got some money. Man, I wish I would have gone in when I was in uh, Munich. I wish I went to the BMW building now. Could have seen, probably seen some cool shit. I mean, I saw plenty of BMWs while I was there. There's no fucking joke there. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I got, uh, and this is, I have noticed, this is a warning label there. It does, and it didn't seem like a problem until we get the, I had the really cold days. It seemed like the car was starting fine, but then I've got this alert now too, as well as it does seem like it's kind of, when it's really cold, it's starting slow. It does say that the engine start is taking too long. <laughs> Message, which, you know, doesn't, it gave me a code for that, but it doesn't, you know, give me any kind of details of what, why that could be. I did see on like the, uh, year newer model of my vehicle that, uh, along with like the EVAP leak and such as, uh, or the engine start taking too long. That one sounds like it could be a relay as, uh, I did see some shit about a relay in there. Um, but uh, yeah, there's yeah. Hopefully, it's not too uh, fucked up. But yeah, hey, it's under warranty, and most of the other alerts are about like the stereo and stuff, and the USB port says shut down due to overlord, overlord, overload. Uh, <laughs> but there's uh, yeah. Hopefully, that stuff's all good. And there was this was an older one too, and I think is my key fob it says here radio remote control battery under voltage. And I didn't try it yet, but my backup key fob seems like a battery shot in it. Other than that, I mean, the car's been been pretty good. I like the look of it. I've been like, <laughs> there is uh, some dings and stuff in the paint, but it's six years old. I've been looking up how to, like, do touch-ups and everything. And some, like, there's one, there's, most of them look like they, be, they can be buffed out. I'm not an expert at doing that kind of stuff, but. I'll give it a go or something, or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll get too lazy about it. They do have the touch-up paint kits I can get with the exact paint that I could I could attempt to touch it up myself. Oh yeah, I do. I haven't got it yet, but I also do have a small crack in the uh, windshield, which I believe happened after I got it. <laughs> it's small, and I'm gonna attempt to fill it with some epoxy resin. Uh, got one of those kits. I don't remember whose kid. I it's taken a little while to get here. Not sure what happened, but should be getting that. It'll be fun. I just hopefully have a, like a slightly warmer day with no rain or anything. Because you know you want to be able to <clears throat> let it dry, and the more sunlight hits it, the quicker it's going to dry. But it kind of sucks. It's winter time. It's going to be a little hard for me to do that. So, yeah. Oh, and uh, oh, I get the fun, joying pleasure of I got all the paperwork now. Now I get to go to the uh, DMV and pay my sales tax. As <laughs> shit, I think it's like fifteen hundred bucks. It's a uh, it's a nice little 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 uh, little uh, yeah little payment there. Hopefully that the the government does work out those two thousand dollar checks. That'd be great. Then I don't have to quite put all that on my credit card. <laughs> Just pay that outright. It'd be like thank you, Uncle Sam. But we'll see. I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. Six hundred. I mean, I'm not. I'll take the six hundred bucks. But man, I really like that two grand. Give me two grand and tell me about all the UFO shit. Was I abducted by aliens or was I not? Is that why my butthole's so big? Is that why when I shit it just comes out one massive fucking log? Okay, maybe it doesn't, but uh, it does come out kind of like a ping pong paddle shape. That might have been that beer when I used to be into beer pong a lot. We used to, you know, <laughs> I'd get blackout drunk, you know, wake up the next day and like, Ugh, feel like death. That might have been more of that. It's probably aliens, but it could have been the beer pong days. <laughs> Just so it happened to be the shape, perfect shape, the uh, ping pong paddle. But uh, I'm sure that's kind of like standard stuff that they have for anal probes. Is like ping pong paddles shaped things. Right? Not just like a long shaft, but, you know, ping pong paddle. <laughs> yeah. I've watched Beer Fest too many times. I th- I believe that's, uh, I can't remember his name, Jay Shander Shake. Yes. I can't say his name. <laughs> uh, he's uh, the uh, darker fella. <laughs> Chandra Sekhar. 
Chandrasekhar. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He was the, uh, fuck, I don't remember his name in uh, Super Troopers either. But uh, Beer Fest, his character's name, shit. I gotta look up Beer Fest now. What's uh, Jay Chandrasekhar's character? He was he was a former prostitute, in in that one, and uh, why is he not listed near the top? He's like one of the main characters, motherfuckers. Barry is his name. Oh man, that movie came out in '06 now. Shit, that's fuck. I knew it was out a long time ago. Man, that's 15 years ago. Doing the math. I've also been. Uh, Watching the Westworld, which I think I've been talking about, and I'm on season three. I'm getting close to near the end. And I do love me some Aaron Paul, but I don't know. They kind of lost me really after the first season. Oh, it is interesting, like the you know the questions they're they're posing in season three with you know, uh, how would you feel to find out you know your whole life you didn't really have a choice in everything you were just destined to do these things, and would it make a difference whether you were or were not? If you had actual choice, because in the spoiler alert, if you haven't seen season three, the computer, they have a computer system that determines, well, first it started by, uh, uh, guessing what people were going to do, guessing everything basically to the T, but then it would determine the system determines like what jobs you're going to get and everything by like what it, uh, guesses that you're going to do in the future. So, like, it won't give you a job if it thinks you're just going to kill yourself or whatever, you know? So it's predetermined for you, so there's really no reason for you... There's no way for you to get out of that loop that you're stuck in. (laughs) It's an interesting concept. And then, uh, of course, uh, Dolores Abernathy. Uh, Spoiler alert again. This is uh, mid-to-late season stuff here. She uh, lets everybody know that uh, they don't have a choice in their shit, you know, and people start flipping out. I'd I'd flip out. I'd be pretty pissed off and be like, fuck this. Fuck you. I, I do what I want. <laughs> I'd prove it to you. Like, motherfucker, I'm going to be completely unpredictable. <laughs> I'm going to do my shit. I don't know if they would have guessed I would have shit the bed in Russia. Maybe they would have. Because I'm the kind of guy, like, I eat for the most part every day. I eat the same shit every fucking day. Every day years I do the same stuff and then all of a sudden I'll do something like go go to Russia shit the bed (laughs) it's only like a few times like I get to where I could do some crazy shit like uh but uh but yeah so uh yeah getting at the oh yeah I was gonna talk about Cobra Kai. I was excited that they released uh, season three already, but I haven't watched yet. I want to finish Westworld. Yeah, it was really fun. I was uh, running with a couple of friends the other night, and I didn't know that they were into Cobra Kai. And apparently, I think they've recently gotten into watching Cobra Kai, and they were jacked because they were, were all uh, alive in the eighties, and we loved the fucking Karate Kid. Because <laughs> anybody, I don't know any at least guy that was alive in the 1980s that didn't fucking love the karate kid (laughs) that movie was the shit (laughs) so cobra kai is you know it's pretty cool to see that and we were just like oh we we had gotten quite the conversation about cobra kai and i believe elizabeth shoe i don't know for certain i don't want to read into it i know there's reviews already on the whole fucking season even though it's only been out a day as i record this like, uh, I believe Elizabeth Shue is in it. I mean, they sold it at the end of the season that uh, her character would be coming back. They didn't say she was coming back, but she messaged Johnny. Or at least uh, accepted his friend request or something like that. Uh, or texted him. I can't remember what it was. At the end, like, she uh, sends him a message of some sort. And uh, so it's like, ooh, and it looks like... Di- Daniel De La Russo could be going through a divorce. So, I mean, oh, yeah. Allie was her character's name. So Johnny, Daniel's son, and uh, Allie, there could be a three-way love triangle again. Because if you really look back at the original Karate Kid, I mean, Daniel's son was kind of a fucking dick. He did steal Johnny's girlfriend. Let's just be clear. He stole Johnny's girlfriend from him. 
I could see why Johnny'd be a little pissed, you know. He he had some rights to have some anger towards Daniel's son. You know, she's all buddy buddy with fucking Daniel's son. And then he fucking he he, he you know I mean he was a little hot. He did, you know, bust up her boombox, her radio. <laughs> he was a little bit of a hothead, but you know, she did she did go off with Daniel's son. So it could be interesting to see how the I'm excited for this. Like this and to have the shoe back in it. I mean, she was only in the original. I for, there was some like controversy too why they didn't bring her back for the sequel. That was her first movie too, was the Karate Kid. She went on to do some pretty big stuff. And I mean, <laughs> she did the Adventures in Babysitting, so I mean, you get much bigger than that. That had Thor in it. <laughs> Not Thor the from the movie now. They had the character some guy playing but uh, yeah, I don't remember. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. But there was a guy that was like a fucking car repair guy that uh, <laughs> looked like Thor, and the little girl was like, "Are you Thor?" Turns out, I believe in the movie actually is Thor. It's been a minute since I went back and watched the Adventures of Babysitting. At least like thirty years, so it's hard for me to remember. <laughs> but she was in some other good stuff. But she was a. Uh, she was in the Val Kilmer movie, The Saint, and uh, she did some, she did all right for herself, I think. But I'm excited to see that. Uh, I, I think she is. I think she's in. I don't want to look ruin it for myself though. I like feel like I should Google it right now, but it's like no, I just I just gotta watch it. I don't get ruined. Like I feel like I should at least watch a couple episodes before I go running with my friends again because uh, they might. Oh, I'm sure they're gonna want to talk about it. <laughs> like oh. I was my friend Rich. I, he was when I said he was Daniel. He, I thought Danielson was going to get a divorce. He thought I was like spoiling something for him. I was like, oh, what? And like, no, no, no. And I just had seen that going that way. And then my friend Mickey's like started thinking. I was like, oh shit, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a little excitement there. As uh, I know, Shelly uh, seemed pretty excited about uh, the Cobra Kai season three and Muffin Man. Uh, just realized yesterday, I guess, too, that they had just released it. And so he's probably already watched several episodes, I would bet, <laughs> of it. So I need to get on it before people start telling me about it. So I, I should probably just wrap it up now and maybe finish Westworld or just jump right into Cobra Kai. I'm not that invested in Westworld, but I was only a couple episodes of closing that one out. But all every episode's like a fucking hour long. It's a little rough. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, at least uh, I I am taking when I take my car in to get fixed. Uh, I I am getting a rental car because unfortunately I do have to take it over to Chesterfield. If it was here in town, I w- wouldn't probably bother getting a rental car. I'd probably have a friend uh, pick me up after I drop it off, and it wouldn't be a real big deal. But uh, I do get should get reimbursed for the rental car anyway, so I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, so I'm just gonna <clears throat> get a rental car, drop, drive up to Chesterfield, which is about I don't know, 22 to 30 minutes from here, and then pick up a rental car, which should be a small car, because I want like just give me the cheapest thing. Let's make sure they pay for it. If not, <laughs> it won't cost me that much. So I get the fun of driving a a, a rental car. That'll be weird because it'll probably be an automatic. I'm gonna be weird. I'm gonna be like, oh, I don't have my fucking manual. So, yeah. Anyway, I think that's about all I have here. So, as always, that's a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.